All right, and welcome back to another episode of Lions Guy Podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. And to be other subject matter experts and also review books and other resources to help us all establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lions Guide. And on this episode, we've got Mr. Justin Breen, who Justin's the CEO of a PR firm, Brepic Communications, and also connectivity platform, Brepic Network. And he's also a number one author of an internationally best-selling book called Epic Business. And he's an extremely active member of a Strategic Coach 10X and Abundance 360 Summit. And he has an incredible growth uh, global network of visionaries and exceptional businesses. So on this episode, Justin and I explore his journey growing up north of Chicago, his World War II hero father, um, the importance of an abundance mindset, putting his family first, uh, and, and a whole lot more. It's a really great conversation. I think you're going to love this episode. So if you like the sound of that, you know, before we get started, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And always, uh, this podcast is sponsored by my company, Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in, getting value from the show, then you'll get a ton of value out of going to lionsguide.com and joining our free member community, The Pride. You know, for no, for no cost to you, it's got free you know, content, material, training, all kinds of yet to be released podcast episodes. We've got reading list. Um, we've been doing a slew of uh, live virtual training events uh, for myself and other guests that come on uh, to give lectures. And we've also got some private groups to engage with other group growth minded members and a whole lot more. So joining the pride is free. I'm putting all this together to help people, uh, you know, break out of their rut or break through to that next best version of yourself by establishing clarity, building your courage and being the true leader of your life. So go out there, check it out. Check it out now. Go to lionsguy.com and join us on the pride today. And with that, let's start the show. Guys, on today's podcast, we have Mr. Justin Breen, who is the CEO and founder, who is a CEO and founder, and uh, has written an international best-selling uh, book called Brepic Business. And Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah, Dale, I'm really excited to talk to you. I, I listened to your your interview with Jay Teagues uh, recently, talking about Man's Search for Meaning, and that's also my favorite book. So we can talk about that or a lot yeah, of other fun things. Yeah, that that's a great book. It's one of those like. I don't, you know, it puts things in perspective, you know, you, you think you've got problems and then you read something like that and some real trials and tribulations that, you know, it, that, that was that era and what those folks went through, but it, but it, 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 it tells a lot, you know, it's, it's really eye opening. So yeah, no, I, that's awesome. What, uh, so tell us a little about who you are and what you do. Sure. So, uh, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist and, uh, started first company, uh, uh, about five years ago now, uh, with zero business background, now I have a, a global PR firm that only partners with top entrepreneurs on the planet, and then uh, launched a second company that's LinkedIn without the BS, so high price point invite-only connectivity platform. So, um, I mean, I just have a weird brain that is able to simplify things into patterns, and then when I see the patterns, actually do something about it, and then connect other top entrepreneurs to other top entrepreneurs. So, it's a now, lot of how do you how do you define what a top entrepreneur is? Yeah, so there's a fundamental difference between business owners and top entrepreneurs. Business owners care about revenue, uh, employee count, office space, all that stuff, landing the plane stuff, and they're trying to change their world there. And an entrepreneur like me doesn't, you know, they care about purpose, 
They care about spending time with their family uh, and they're trying to change the world, the. So they're the their world people. I can't help the their world people, but I help the the world people every day. Isn't it funny? Like, would it be, would you agree? Because I've had this conversation a lot um, in business that, you know, the the changing the world like you don't have to be focused on the bottom line right like you were talking about like changing my world versus changing the world like if you focus on service or whatever problem you're solving for and doing that yeah. well the profits come right like if you focus a on byproduct it's just yeah. a byproduct yeah so i don't care about i don't care about any of that stuff i haven't done outbound sales or marketing or anything in years and um you know I have a wonderful wife and two young sons and I spend more time with them than, you know, any dad I'd ever, I've ever met and just provide value to highest performing people on planet byproduct is they provide value to me. And some of those folks want to hire my firm. And many of those folks want to join high price point invite only connectivity platforms. So all this other stuff takes care of itself by putting family and network first. And, and, you know, you talked with Jay about this too, um, you know, mindset. So if you have the right mindset, it creates the right network and that network creates the right opportunities. So it's just a byproduct, all this other business owner stuff, which, and it's fine, but like, I just don't care about that stuff. And all that, that great success is just a byproduct of having the right mindset, which attracts the right network. Yeah. I mean, there's truth to that cliche is that your network is your net worth. And 100%. It's, That's one of the chapters of my book, the first one. Yeah. And folks, I've had this conversation and, and people who are trying to like really scale a business, <laughs> like they go straight to the, well, what's your sales machine? What's your marketing machine? And, you know, after 15 years of growing a, a, a eight figure uh, platform company in IT services, no right. one likes to hear the answer of, I just got out there and I met people and <laughs> it <laughs> told them what I did and, and, and gave them referrals if they asked for it and aim to it. serve, you know, just get out there and aim to serve and watch what happens. Like there, I, in a conversation about that, I was talking about like in, in a certain industry, I was like, it, who they were trying to solve for like, you know, online marketing, click ad stuff. I was like, who in this business has oh, bought God. through click ads? Have you ever bought anything through click ads? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, why do you think they're going to start and you're going to try to, you're going to solve that and, and you know, just get out there and do what works. Go meet people. They'll, they'll want to, if they need your services and they like you, they'll do business with you. Well, I mean, again, like I knew this would be a fascinating discussion. And so, um, how my brain works, um, I just hear blah, 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 and then simplify and then actually do something about it. So your network equals your net worth, right? So new company is called Brepic Network. It's literally just a platform technology for what I'm already doing. And not, and, and it's LinkedIn without the BS. And I like LinkedIn. I like it. Um, I have 27,000 followers on LinkedIn. I, I like it, but most of it's BS. And so, okay, so actually do something about it. Create your own platform to solve that problem. So most of my, not all, but most of my day is spending time with my family or talking to people like you. And people like you, they just see a problem, create solution, problem, solve successful global company. They just, they see the problem and then actually do something about it and solve it. And then, oh, problem solved, successful global company. So it's really interesting because, um, I mean, I never expected any of this. I've, I've been an entrepreneur for, uh, you know, five years and, it's really interesting to talk to people like you all the time and then take the good ideas from people like you and be like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And then 
uh, talk to people who are not like you and they're complaining about revenue and office space. I'm like, oh, that's a terrible idea. I'm not going to be like that. And then it's also fascinating to actually be one of these entrepreneurs who is actually doing the same thing of, you know, that my partners are doing with their, their various enterprises. Yeah. What, what have you learned so far in your either <laughs> become an entrepreneur over the last five years and yeah. or maybe some key things you're learning from the, the, the top entrepreneurs that you're meeting with? Yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, you know, one of the chapters in my first book, I'm working on my second one now, which will be called Epic Life. The first one's called Epic Business. So ne- next one's Epic Life. And, um, and so one of the chapters in the first book is never stop learning. So, so all I do is learn and, um, and, you know, there's a, a thing called Gallup or Clifton strength finders. Um, there's 34 of them and I'm almost dead last in ideation, almost, uh, almost dead last. But if I have a good idea or I hear one, my top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So I will take uh, the good ideas from people like you. And I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. I will activate, maximize, achieve at the highest level. Um, and so that's that's what I've learned the most, uh, which has been a fascinating discovery, is that my greatest skill set is taking all this com- complexity in the world, immediately simplifying it into a pattern, and then most importantly, most importantly, actually doing something about that pattern and incorporating it into my own life and, and my companies. And and how how have you changed, right? So what? Tell me about the Justin pre entrepreneur versus the Justin today. Like how have you had to evolve, let's say performance wise, or maybe mm. mentally, emotionally, physically? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. As simple as that question is, it's a profound one. And and I'll try not to over fact find this, even though I'm a high fact finder. But you know, part of the reason I liked uh, your interview with Jay and Man's Search for Meaning. Is it's a it's a little bit different perspective um, from my take because my father uh, he was sixty one when I was born he'd be one hundred and five actually um, by, you know by the time this airs he'd be one hundred and six if he was alive now uh, he was a World War II hero fought in the Battle of the Hurricane Forest was an attorney in the Nuremberg trials so very very close to the Holocaust and we have all sorts of um, uh, he kept a lot of photos um, from, you know, from his work in those trials. So we have a lot of Holocaust, very, very powerful and tragic photos from that. Uh, and and my family's Jewish. Uh, at least I was raised Jewish. So, um, you know, I've you know been around that my whole life and understanding what the Holocaust was and, and not forgetting about it. And so uh, my father kept a diary uh, of his battle fighting, you know, of, of his fighting in the Battle of the Hurricane Forest. That was a very deadly battle toward the end of, end of World War II, uh, German-Belgian border forest. And, uh, and I found the diary after he died. He died when I was 13. And uh, I write exactly like he does. Um, boom, 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 but just result, result, result. Very little fluff, no BS, just result, result. And I don't say this lightly. Um, actually, I sent you a link to the to some of the text of the diary. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yeah, you had pictures and everything. It was, it yeah, was, yeah. Was, like so, he's writing this, and I mean, you can appreciate that. You know, he's writing this in the you know freezing cold, and you know, you know, fear of death every day. And this thing's you know, this diary is one of the greatest things ever written. I mean, I'm a pretty good writer. It's nothing compared to my dad's diary, and. Um, it's a very it's a very powerful possession because I understand at a very high level where I come from 
And that allows me to understand where I am now and then, you know, where I'm going. But if you don't understand where you come from, it's very hard, if not impossible, to understand who you are and then where you're going. So I just really understand where I come from. I can relate to that. I mean, full disclosure, I don't know a lot about where I came from. Best I know is um, looking up on <laughs> ancestry, you know, but I, and as a result, I guess in my journey, I've had to invent myself, right? Like, you know, do I have family? Yes. My, my father's a bit out, you know, it hasn't been in my life since I was very young. Yep. Um, my mother's been a working mom, you know. Yep for me. So, and, and then, and then a lot of, you know, when I was, I was born in 1980 and a lot of my senior family died in the eighties. So I don't have, like my grandfathers were gone before I was 10, you know, yeah. uh, my grandmother today is still, she's about to turn 94. Yeah. Um, so I'll get to pick her brain, you know, about, but, but you're right. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get a good footing, you know, when you don't have a good understanding. There's no roots. The, yeah. The, the path that you're on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I think, so I hear what people like you say and then activate it with how it's related to my life and then doing something about it. So you were born in 1980. My youngest brother was born in 1980. Um, my dad was, uh, or he was 10 when my, when my, my father died and he didn't get enough of my dad's wisdom, meaning like my father, I got about eight good years of it from age five to 13. So every day he'd say the cream rises at the top, the cream rises to the top. So mm -hmm. I, my, you know, my firm only partners with the cream that rises to the top or the ones that'll make the investment to do so. I mean, my dad in world war II, he'd get in a plane. If, even if he didn't have a parachute, he was shot down multiple times in combat, which mm -hmm. he writes about in that diary. You get back in the plane, there's no excuses. So first chapter in my next book will be the cream rises to the top. Okay. So, so I got that until I was 13 and here I am now, my, my youngest brother, born in 1980, didn't get enough of that. And he died when he was 29 um, of a drug overdose, drug mm -hmm. overdose. Yeah, so he'd be 41 now. Are you 40 or 41? 42? I'll be 42 this year. You'll be 42 this year, right? Yeah. So, 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 and so you talk about man's search for meaning and suffering and, and learning from things. And obviously, a terrible thing would happen to my brother, but it also made me understand. And I'm very grateful for this every day, you know, what it, what actually matters in life. So I know what it's like not to have a dad around and I know what it's like, um, you know, to not have youngest brother around. So I'm a, I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur. I will never let entrepreneur life destroy my family life ever. I just won't do it because I know what it's like to not have that family around. Well, and you don't, you don't have to, right? Like you can, no. I, my, my philosophy is you look at the whole picture and I always go to the analogy, like if, if you're right, you've got a business, if you're a CEO of a business, you're in charge of the various departments and no one department can fail or they all fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if there's a hole in the, in one side of the boat, it's everyone on the boat's problem, so to speak. But if you, if your life were a business, you're the CEO and yet still, you still have to attend to your family, your hobbies, your wellness, yeah. like, uh, that, you know, all those quote unquote departments of life. Yeah. And, and because the same rule applies that if you let any one of them fail, right, you can go have great financial success. But if you're not taking care of the wellness department, you die young or you're, you're burning yourself out and you're not enjoying it. I mean, there, there's just so much there that you have to, you have to stay above all that and recognize that it's the whole picture that matters. Um, yeah, does that make any sense? Well, the first line in my book after the prologue is if, you, if you're someone who doesn't put your family first, put the book down, I can't help you. So, I mean, All I don't, right. again, talk is meaningless to me without doing something. I mean, I don't, I don't understand, um, 
again, cream rise at the top. I, and, and my mom was 27 when I was born. Uh, my dad was hit by a drunk driver in his late 50s. Drunk driver killed instantly. Dad broke every bone in his body. And then mm. my mom was his nurse. So she literally saved his life. And then most of my days talking to people like you, uh, I still have not met one person ever who has more hustle than my mom ever. She's the ultimate, I mean, the ultimate survive and thrive. Okay. So I just can't under, I, so I'm just the product of that, my dad and my mom. And I just cannot understand people that talk and never do anything about it. It's like, I, it makes no sense to me. So that's my point. If I hear a good idea, I will do it at the highest level because there's no other cream rises to the top. There are no excuses at the highest level, only investment in doing something about it. Yeah. You know, and that's that, I don't know. I think it's, it's way prevalent today. Now your mother would be how old today? She's still alive. She's, she's alive. Yeah. She was born in 1949. So I don't like to give her <laughs> born in 1949, <laughs> but my mom, you know, she's, um, here's a really interesting thing about my mom. Um, is she, there's two things that are real. I mean, a lot of things, but two really interesting things. Um, one, she's a true visionary, even though she's been an employee, she's been an employee, um, in some capacity. Um, but what do I mean by that? Uh, my wife's a doctor, she's a pediatrician and I was a journalist for 20 years and my mom and a, journalists don't make a lot of money. My mom, even you know, the first salary I had, I don't know, I was making like 19000 a year. And she always said, always, she said that um, that I'd make a lot more money than my wife. And this is at the time, my wife was probably making four or five times as much as I was. And I, there was no, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. And I mean, I don't know how she knew that, but she knew, she just knew that. I'm like, oh, how did, how did you know that? Well, she's like, oh, I always, always knew that. I'm like, okay. The other thing that's fascinating about my mom is she, she could have been someone like me, but she was born in 1949 and had children when she was young and her husband, you know, my dad died when, you know, and so she had three, you know, four kids to raise. So, so she saw me in her and right after I graduated college, she's like, get the bleep out of the house. You're not staying here anymore. She didn't do that with my other, with my other siblings. Um, but she got me the hell out of the house. And so she pushed me out of there. Um, and she's like, she almost like forced me to become her, even though she didn't have the opportunities that I have. Yeah, no, that's key. What was, how many uh, siblings do you have? So I have an older half sister. She's six years older. And then I have one younger brother who's still alive. And then my youngest brother. And, and you grew up in the Chicago area or where did you grow up? Yeah. So that's a good question. Again, as simple as it sounds, it's a good question. So I, uh, I live and grew up, uh, about 25 miles North of downtown Chicago and, uh, it's called the North shore. I guess I would describe it as an upper mi middle-class wealthy community. And it's a fascinating thing because, uh, this is like the cheapest cost conscious, like scarcity mindset place on earth, even though I'll, I'll, most of the people here have I guess what people would think is a lot of money. And the first question people ask here is, what do you cost or charge? And I never, I'm like, I've always been, what is an investment? What is an investment? What is an, you know, I don't understand the cost scarcity. And so I grew up around here and I was just an alien. Like no one understood what I was talking about. And that's why, that's why I have two global companies because I had to find people like you who understood what I was talking about. 
And the beauty is once you find people like you, people like you introduce you to other people like you. Um, but that's why I had to go global because around here, no one really understands what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, and that's right. Like if you put in a dollar, what's the return? So if someone says, Hey, every dollar you give me, I'm going to give you 250 back as opposed to like, what's it going to cost me? Right? Like that's the investment mindset versus, you know, what's it going to cost me versus what's it going to return me? You know, if you can let go of that dollar for, for a minute <laughs> and let it come back to you, you know, two well, X and more. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that, that's an interesting thing with the, um, with the two X part. I mean, my new company is a thousand X of what I'm already doing. I mean, it's just technology, but you know, you build a platform and sold it. It's just a platform for my brain, what I'm already doing. And then, and then I have a partner who's full backstage integrator full. Like I can't, I can barely tie my shoes. I mean, you know, so I can't do any of that technology part, but he, he's a master at building those teams. And, um, you know, when you find the right people, when you find the right people, they want to do all the hows and all that kind of stuff for you. But it, the key is having the right people find you because of your mindset and attracting the right people. And, that, and, and I only have two disqualifiers and two litmus tests, which are because I'm a simplifier into patterns from people qualifying or, or disqualifying themselves from, you know, you know, being in, in my network or my life. So one and I will know it right away because I, you know, I talk to people like you and then people who aren't like you. I've talked to thousands of you. Like you said, you built your company just talking to people. And okay, so you learn. So the first one is if I meet someone and I realize, and I'll know right away whether they'll take time away from me, from my family, I'll never talk to that person again because people like that hang out with other people like that. They're toxic. They're toxic themselves. And then toxic hangs out with toxic. Abundance hangs out with abundance and toxic hangs, hangs out with toxic. And then the second one is if someone asks, what do you cost or charge within the first 10 minutes? I'll never talk to that person again because they're living in cost scarcity mindset and cost scarcity mindset hangs out with cost scarcity mindset. Yeah, 100 percent. The uh, so growing up, uh, you had a couple of siblings, you know, so what got you into journalism? Yeah, so I was born with that story. I'm my father. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's and sometimes I answer the questions before they're asked. But no, that's I mean. I write exactly like my father does. I mean, and I found that diary after he died. So I'm endlessly curious um, as a journal. Again, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. I don't understand journalists who are journalists who lead, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. I never understood negative news. I never, I just, so when I was a journalist, uh, I wrote stories about cool people changing the world, new technologies, people overcoming the odds. And now with with PR firm, write about cool people changing the world, investing to change the world. So there's no, there's no difference. But like, I think being a lifelong learner and endlessly curious journalism is the natural, I mean, that's just a natural fit for it. So did you, are you saying that you found the journal and uh, diary and just kind of were like, I want to write or were you already passionate about writing? No, I was and already, I mean, I was just born with, I mean, I was a journalist before I was born. I mean, just think about how my parents met. I mean, that's, I, I don't believe in randomness. I mean, um, uh, another book I recommend, uh, Robert Greene, his new one is The Daily Laws. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you're born with this purpose. And I was just born with, I was born to be this person. I mean, that's all that, you know, and then I just double down and keep learning about the person I'm supposed to be every day and then just evolving every day. So, I mean, I was just naturally drawn to, you know, 
writing about cool people and being endlessly curious because that's what I was, I was born to do this. I mean, that's my gift, you know, that's my gift. That's awesome. Yeah. No. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see you live in your passion too. Like, you know, you see so many people yeah. just stuck in, in a grind and a little bit miserable because of it, not in, in a fury to go chase their passion. So it's, it's awesome to kind of hear, hear, it's awesome to talk to anyone that says, yeah, man, I'm doing what I love. And you know, it's, 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 it's a great example that you said down. Did you go to college out of school and did you go to college for journalism or? Yeah. So, uh, went to the university of Illinois, uh, worked at the student newspaper. Um, uh, I'm still the journalism chair for the U of I uh, college of media alumni board. Um, I've been there for, I don't know, 15 years or so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, again, there was no, there was no other, there was nothing else I ever wanted to do. And again, what I do now, there's no deviation at all. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's, you know, as a journalist, I wrote two to three stories on deadline every day for 20 years, I guess, you know, again, Robert Greene mastery, you know, apprenticeship. So you learn how to be a master of something, but, but, you know, so I don't do as many stories now, but the, the purpose is the same. Um, and what I will say, which is fascinating, and this is why I'm not a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur. You don't get into journalism to make money. I mean, journalism is all about purpose. I mean, the good journalists, um, so there are some journalists that get into it for money, but for the most part, it's, you know, you don't make a lot of money as a journalist and it's all, it's just about purpose and sharing stories and with the world. So there's been no change at all from that to, to doing this. And, and what was the transition trigger for you from journalism to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I'll simplify it as much as possible. Oh, and we're yeah, coming up on the five-year anniversary. So uh, February 10th, 2017, was working full-time uh, as a journalist, had a, a five-minute meeting with a uh, company's owner and managing editor. They proceeded to cut job salary in half. Uh, they terminated two other folks that day. I think it was two. Um, and, and I'd done nothing wrong. I just, you know, that's journalism, but um, was, that, so, was that just because the, the industry was taking a hit, making cuts? I mean, that's journalism. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, right? So, uh, I mean, podcasts are replacing mainstream media. I mean, we can get into that if you want, but but I mean, journalism as a whole—that's what's happening. So, um, okay, so tried to find a job, couldn't find a job. Uh, incorporated April sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, uh, and then when I was. Uh, I was working full-time at half the salary uh, for six weeks, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So one out of a thousand people said yes. Um, and then got the fifth client, I think it was June 1st, resigned June 2nd. And then Robert Feeder, he's top media columnist in the Midwest, did a story I started my own firm on June 5th. So that's that's how I started this. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and what, are you, what do you do specifically for your clients? Yeah. So at the highest level, there's no competition, only collaboration. So um, what do I mean by that? My company's entire process is on the website. There's no tricks. There's no gimmicks. I, I don't know what PR firms do other than annoy journalists. Um, I was a journalist for 20 years and created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So saw a problem, created a solution, problem solved, successful global company. It's the same formula for any good entrepreneur. You see the problem, create the solution. So the 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 solution is 
Uh, I was annoyed for 20 years by receiving useless press releases. You usually get those in emails. They're useless because nobody cares about them. And so my firm creates actual stories similar to what I did as a journalist. It becomes a link on the client's news site or website under news or blog. So it looked like a story you see in the New York Times or Chicago Tribune, whatever that is. And take that link, pitch it to media all over the world. Media is interested, put them in touch with the client. So problem solved. So clients around the world, all industries except politics, because it's the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. And solopreneurs, the companies as big as Allstate, that you know, doesn't, once you solve the problem, it doesn't matter where someone lives or what they do or how big the company is. That's totally meaningless. So. Right, right. And is it, you know, it sounds to me, if I can echo it back, that you're you're telling the story, right? Like we all love stories. You're, you Nobody know, cares the- about what you do. They care about who you are. So these press releases talk about what somebody does and no one cares. But right. if they care about who you are, they will care about what you do. So my brain hears blah, 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 blah. And then immediately <laughs> simplifies into a 400, 500 word story that media podcast hosts actually do care about. And then general public cares about. And then it's immediate result, 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 result. Because, and people thank me. They're like, oh, wow. Thank you for introducing me to this person. Why? Because it eliminates cost scarcity people and introduce abundance visionary investment person to abundance visionary investment person. And then byproduct is multiple abundance visionary investment yeah definitely no it's it's awesome it's been a great journey in this last year likewise to meet fellow guys like you and other people in the network that have been coming through you know and just truly like you know i almost when you were talking about like how journalists you know annoy you with the press releases and stuff i kind of like and, and maybe we'll get into the graphic network piece a little bit because it seems like there's like there's such a power of like linkedin to truly get out there and network right and we talked about how i grew my business pre linkedin and social media like getting out there going to networking events meeting people mm-hmm. finding the right people that that you want to do business with or whatever yes and we've got all that at our fingertips today but folks still you know there there's the virtual equivalent of the guys that you run into at the networking event that's trying to become your next financial advisor or, or yeah, convince right. you to sell your house you know instead of networking you know well a hundred percent. And so again, you see a problem, create solution, problem solve successful global company. So the problem with most, if not all these platforms is, is they let everyone in. Mm-hmm. And at the highest level, people don't have time for that nonsense. They just want the intro to the right person. So, you know, new companies invite only high price points. So that eliminates, I want to be your next financial advisor. Right. <laughs> and high price point. Elim- <laughs> so again, and, uh, um, and here again, here's the other thing is I saw the problem, created a solution, solved it successful. I mean, I know it solves the problem because we have check writers who want in on it because they are tired of people die level. They don't want to deal with nonsense. They don't they don't want to spend five years building relationship. They just want the answer to the right answer. Um, <laughs> so it's really exciting because because, again, it, you know, to be someone like you. With, I have zero business background, zero, like zero. I still don't know what an S-Corp is. Um, I'm ac- actively trying not to figure out what an S-Corp is because I think it's funny not to know what an S-Corp is. Um, and, and when you solve the problem with the right people, the right people add value by adding other right people to it. So, so again, with my PR firm, I haven't done any outbound sales in a year. I mean, I'm constantly getting interest of folks around the world that want to hire my firm. Why? Because I'm providing value to highest value. And then the best part about being an entrepreneur by far is that my kids, my sons who are seven and nine, get to see this 
this uh, life is possible because most people don't even know this world exists. And then they get to teach me things like my seven-year-old after soccer practice the other day, he's like, oh, oh dad, your, your new company, it, it's such a great idea because the people who are in it will just invite their friends to be in it. I'm like, yeah, that's, I go, that's one of the smartest things I've ever heard anyone said, but that's basically what it is because abundance visionary investment people like us hang out with other abundance visionary investment people. And they want those people to be part of this. And those people will make the investment. They won't ask, what do you cost or charge? They'll just make the investment. Hey guys, Dale here. And I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique. Like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know, what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you and in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. So where's the, where's the Brepic Network stand Is it, as far as yep. the project? Well, it's it's live. I mean, we're yeah. on board. My I, in terms of the backstage stuff, my partner's onboarding folks right wow, now. Wow. Yeah. So in the in terms of the nuts and bolts, it's 10k a year to join. It'll be way more than that as the numbers as the numbers go up, which they will because I we have check writers who are writing checks to it. Um, but uh, all I because I'm the visionary behind this, and I can't. I mean, if I tried to do anything with the backstage stuff, I'd electrocute myself or blow it up. So I was telling my partner. <laughs> Uh, I was telling my partner, I'm like, just make it, make it so a monkey can use it. And I used it and a monkey can, (laughs) you just type in, Hey, what I'm looking for. And then it goes, it's emailed out to the network. And then the people that, you know, people like you that I talk to, they're connected to the people who will provide the answer of what someone's looking for. Yeah. And, and your expectation of it is to grow organically through referrals of, you know, I mean, that's all, I mean, it's just, again, it's just a platform for my brain. I mean, that's the same thing. It's the same thing with PR firm, uh, with every vertical on the planet. That's all it is. I mean, that's, it's a thousand X, if not more than that. And I know it will do that because I just, I know how these people that I interact with, what they'll bring to it and then what they'll, who they'll invite. Because yeah. of what my seven-year-old said, it's the same. It's the same thing. Now, here, here's the other thing that I think is important. And again, I'm not, I'm not a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. There's no intent to ever sell this because, and my my partner agrees with this. I mean, 
Um, because it's, why would you sell the purpose of your life? So <laughs> it doesn't make, I just, you know, all this is, is technology for my brain and then it just connect, connect. And you don't, you don't sell the purpose of your life. I mean, sure. You know, so it, it, there's, it'll just keep growing and growing. So yeah, no, absolutely. what's it, you know, so tell me about the book. What's the book about? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I started my first company with zero business background, zero. And most people, they can't understand like how to be someone like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or, you know, Bezos. They can't even like even think about that. And frankly, I, I can't even think of being someone like that. I just, that's just not my brain. But they can picture being someone like me where they spend as much time with their family as they want to. They make as much money as they want to. They only collaborate and partner with, you know, a certain type of person they don't do anything outbound. People just come to them. Okay, so, so that's the the premise of it. And for my company's thirty uh, month anniversary, which was October sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, uh, I posted thirty things I had learned from people like you in the first thirty months. Because again, I'm very low on ideation, but if I have a good idea, I'll do. I mean, I'll just do it. So I think at the time I had 40,000 followers on social media, something like that. And everyone's like, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. You have to. So I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. I will do that. Um, and so it's an international bestseller in six countries, number one for entrepreneurship in the U.S. Chris Foss, who wrote Never Split the Difference, did the forward. And uh, it came out in May of 2020. I still do two to three media interviews every week for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, because Activate, Maximize, Achieve. And... Um, that's great. It's great for, you know, me, I'm very thankful for that, but then it's great for my partners as well. Cause, um, people interview me first, which I didn't expect. And then they want to interview all my partners. Cause I only partner with people like this. So everybody wins. It's like a triple win. It's a win for me. It's a win for the people interviewing my partners and it's a win for my partners. So everybody wins and it just grows and grows. So each one of those 30 things is a chapter in the book, each one. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought that. I, I love that, right? Like there's a win-win in your case, win-win-win. win-win-win. Yeah. And people – and back to your, your talk about all your rightfully so talk about that scarcity mindset. You know, that scarcity mindset is the guys like I have to win and everyone else has to lose in order yeah, for bullshit. me to win. And it's bullshit. bullshit. Like, you know, you can win exponentially more if you think – what does winning look like for me and how can I help other people win and, and watch it, well, watch it happen. So that's good simplification. And this will be the triple win will be one of the chapters in my next book, which I'm, uh, I'm starting to write as the new company really takes off. But again, this was not my idea cause I'm very low on ideation. So Pete Kofid, he's in, uh, he's in a group called strategic coach with me. I'm very confident saying it's top entre entrepreneurial group in the world. I'm just very confident saying that. So he was talking about this in one of the, the breakouts the triple win and then he, he texted me what he meant by it. So I'll just read what he said. He's like, the key to a triple win being transformational is that it introduces the interests of third party stakeholders. If you include their interest, you eliminate so many barriers to growth. So I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And so it makes sense because like this is a prime example. So like I win by being on the show. You win by getting content for your show, and then my partners win because I introduce you to them, them, to, them to you. So you're like the third party stakeholder in this. I win, my partners win, you win, and then it keeps, and then everybody keeps winning. It's like, yeah. and then I was talking to someone else in strategic coach. His name's Dave Young, who's also a partner. He's like, it's almost like a double triple win because you keep triple winning, and it just 
exponentially grows. So I was like, oh man, it's just, it's just fascinating. And then again, every day I learn something. When you're constantly in this world, hanging out with people like you, you constantly learn all these great things and then your learning evolves and then you actually see it and then you do something about it and you actually incorporate it into your family and your life and your, your companies. Yeah, I think the most powerful form of leadership and influence is setting the example. So the more that you can 100%. interact with these other folks and you're just constantly exposed. And again, that's, again, the thing I'm most uh, uh, grateful about my last year on this journey with yep. Lions Guide is just meeting real people, hearing their stories. And like, I'm just constantly exposed to. Well, and here's why, because you potential. actually did something. The whole point right, is yeah. you did. So like, that's what I can't. I just can't understand people that talk about something and they never take action on it. It's complete. It's just complete nonsense to me. Again, yeah. from where I come from, top hustler I've ever, you know, my mom and then, you know, a father who gets in a plane without a parachute and gets shot down, you get back in the plane. Okay. So that's, you know, that's where I come from. But like, you know, these overthinkers, they're underdoers and I don't, yeah. I, I'm all action, all action. And, um, the, you know, there's two reasons, two main reasons Besides putting my family first that, you know, two successful global companies, there's two main reasons. One, providing value to people first, the people who really get it, people like you providing value to them, never asking for anything in return. It's just a byproduct of that to your earlier point. And two is I just do it. I just, just, <laughs> you just do it. You set the example by actually doing it. And it, um, you know, it's just mind boggling to me. It's mind boggling. Because I hear people complaining about stuff and they never do anything to fix the, what could solve the problem. They won't do it. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then I talk to people like you, oh, look at this journey you're on. Why? Because you created a thing for, I mean, you just created a, a platform company to grow. That's all. It, I mean, that's really all it is. And there's lots of good byproducts, but you just actually did something about it. So give me your thoughts with regard to that, the people that are, that don't start, why don't they start and how did, what's your approach to failure? Well, I don't even believe in that word. I mean, that's not even, I mean, <laughs> I mean, job salary cut in half, couldn't find a job, started a global company that only partners. Okay. There's no, that's not failure. That's a learning lesson. Um, mm -hmm. And most people, again, the over, I, I, you know, I partner with maybe the 0.1% of the world because they're the only ones that will actually do something. You you and people like you, 0.1% of the population, one out of a thousand, because you'll actually do something about it and you'll actually make the investment. Most people, 999 out of a thousand, they're living in cost scarcity. What do you charge cost world? And they're just hanging out with other people like that. So they don't, they don't even know people like you exist. So when you hang out with toxic people, you're toxic. And most people just don't have the courage to get in a plane without a parachute. They just don't. And, and my point is, is like, I only partner with people like you because I'm not wasting time. I'm not wasting time with people who are going to take time away from me and my family. I'm not doing it. And I'm very good at establishing these boundaries and attracting the people that really get it and eliminating the wrong fit people that don't. Keeps it efficient. What's a, you know, yeah. as far as how you're making all this happen, you know, what, what habits of yours do you think contribute most to your, your success? Well, certainly number one is those, the, those two litmus tests. Number one is two litmus tests. That's an interesting editor. But the family- Which, which to me about. says you have a, you've got a clear identified standard. Everything. And you're not, it's, you're it's uncompromising on it. Well, again, so again, I'm not a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. So I only ask myself two questions every day. Um, only two uh, for to be a good day. 
One, did I have at least one good experience that day with my family? Two, did my network grow on a global level? So every day, I mean, certainly since starting the first company, I, the answer to, and Monday through Friday, because weekend, weekends, certainly not now, I don't really do anything anymore. Um, but the answer to those two questions has been yes. So again, that that's, I've learned that's become my greatest strength is I see the patterns and then immediately when I see it, I incorporate it into my life and then I just do it. I will do it. I will keep doing it. I'll keep doubling down on the same things. And my whole life is patterns and habits, good ones. My whole life. Tactically, what's what's your day look like for you? Like what's your routine like? Yeah, that's a good military question. I And, um, you know, uh, in, you know, I, I think I would have been a good soldier. Um, I think I would have been. Um, my dad was a great soldier. Um, and you know, I grew up with that. Um, but so the first thing I do every day is do a grateful journal to my wife. Uh, my wife's a pediatrician. She's love, warmth, kindness, empathy, includer, whatever that stuff is. I'm the opposite of that. And so the most important thing for her is for someone to say thank you. So I start every day by thanking her in that way. So that's the first thing I do. I've done that for a and long And you're time. saying you write a, like a, I write a, a great, yeah. Yeah. What I'm great. Or like a card or what, what are we doing? No, I write doing? it down in a, I have a, a like a, a, a word document. Yeah. yeah. And you send it to her. So I do send it to her sometimes. Yeah. It's gotten so long. <laughs> it's files too big, but yeah. 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 yeah and, awesome. um, okay. Well, yeah, I just do it. That's my point. So then, and then two, uh, six days a week, no matter the weather conditions, again, we're in Chicago. So it's right now it's very cold. It was nine degrees uh, Fahrenheit today. I run outside no matter the weather conditions, you know, between three and five miles. So during those runs, and this is when I listened to your interview with, with Jay, I, I mean, I, that's when I, you know, I just listened to content like that. And then three, uh, again, my new company is LinkedIn without the BS, but I like LinkedIn. So every Monday through Friday, I do a grateful journal on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know, to all the thousands of followers and just what I'm grateful for. Okay. So the point of that is, is when you're constantly grateful, it's very hard to be ungrateful. It's, it's, it's almost impossible at this point with this constant gratitude and being grateful and just continuing to double down on that. It's really hard to be ungrateful. And that gratitude attracts gratitude and people that are also grateful. I really love that because one, as you know, the majority of people don't do that. So they don't, they reflect on all their problems and things to complain about. And just that a little bit of reflection on the things that you had to be grateful for starts to crack the nut to bring joy back in your life, right? Like, you know, what the, what am I here for? What am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, that's a source of energy, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a source of momentum and pride and, and it, it, you know, and, and it's because, and I bring that up because even working with my clients, we, we kind of get talk about, you know, especially, you know, working with folks that just feel burnt out and they don't feel the joy and they don't understand why they've got all this financial success, but they're not happy. And that's right. a part of it. You know, they're, they're not making time to express gratitude. Well, they're winning the wrong game. They're just winning the wrong game. I mean, so, yeah. you know, when I first started again, I constant learner and then that's a bad idea or I don't want to be like that. So I'm not going to do that. So I can't tell you how many wealthy people I've talked to and it doesn't happen as much now, but it happened in the first couple of years where I'd ask them, I go, so how's your family? Or, you know, you have a family and many times, not all the time, but many times they'd be like, Oh, I never had a family or I never see my family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so this was before COVID. So it was a real room. So I could see it. I could see the hurt, 
I mean, or I could hear it. Now I can hear it in a Zoom call or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not that person. I'm just, well, never, I'll never be that person. But people that care about material things, and that stuff's fine. That's fine. But people that care about that and they lead with that, you can tell they're winning the wrong game. Yeah. And business owners care about that stuff a lot. They're, I mean, and I'll tell you, not all, but a lot of business owners, just miserable human beings because they're not, I'll give you a good example. Cause again, talk is meaningless without, you know, action and seeing anything. So I was taking my kids, uh, I was taking my kids to, uh, another Chicago suburb. This just happened, uh, the other day. Uh, and we went to this really good, like really high quality cookie dough. Like it was a cookie dough place. So they put like, you can eat like literally pints of cookie dough, which that's probably <laughs> not a good idea, but the, the, you could do that. And so anyways, I, you know, I like to talk to people because lifelong learner. Um, so I was talking to the owner, I was talking to the owner, his company, family business, they've been around since 1994. So that interests me because you know, I was in high school then. And I think that's very interesting to have and then his daughter's working there. She's 19. And it was a Tuesday night. So I'm like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm just curious why you're working tonight. And he's like, oh, I never, I never take a day off. I never take a day off. And then my employee's calling sick and my employee's calling sick. And then I have to come in. And, you know, he's worried about, you know, he's worried about uh, electric bill and the office space bill or, you know, the brick and mortar and the supplies and refrigeration. And I was telling him, oh, yeah, I have, you know, I have two global companies that uh, don't care about employee account. There's no office. There's no need for that. I just collaborate with people because I was just telling him, like, oh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, too. And he's like, oh, that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And my kids are sitting listening to this because the best part about this is that my kids get to see this. So anyway, here's and, – and, and so I was talking to him. I go, oh, man, you know, I'm really sorry, you know, you're having to work today. Um. And he goes, this was the main thing. He goes, if I had to do it all over again, I would never have done this. Okay. Hmm. If I had to do this all over again, I never would have done this. And there's a documentary uh, about Jim Carrey uh, when he was playing Andy Kaufman. Um, really good, really good documentary. And Jim Carrey talks about he was being inspired by his father who was a great entertainer, but he gave up on it and became like a CPA guy. And then his dad got fired later in life. And Jim Carrey's whole point was you can fail at what you, you talked about failure earlier. You can fail what you love doing, but you can also fail at what you hate doing. And I saw this, this, this guy, this, this poor guy with the cookie dough place failing at what he hates doing. And I just, I can't, I can't understand that. I can't understand it. It, uh, why would you not do what you're supposed to be doing, what your purpose is? And if you, if it doesn't work out in some capacity, learn from it and then pivot and adapt and create something bigger and better. You know, you mentioned this earlier and I, and that's, that's a really powerful story. And, and yeah. I think it's one I hear often too, you know, like yeah. this lack of joy, you know, chasing these material things, right? Like they're chasing that bottom line. So they think they're going to get to it through creating a business, but it's not their passion. What do you, I know you mentioned like you've, you've come to know that you, you are this journalist, you are this, this is mm -hmm. your passion and purpose. Yeah. How would you mentor someone in finding what their purpose is? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a great question because really once you find the purpose or the purpose finds you, I've actually found my purpose has found me, which is interesting. It's like I'm a buyer of my own purpose. It's been an interesting discovery, but I'm in two of the top entrepreneurial groups in the world. I'm very confident saying that. Um, and again, I started first company with zero business background. I think the first networking group I was in was like $200 a year, which I'm still in that one, by the way, because I'm loyal. But but the ones I'm in now, they're about 25K a year each. I'd easily invest 50K a year because it's always been each, 50K a year each. It's always been an investment, even the $200 one. It's always an investment. It's never a cost. And then you keep making bigger investments, keep making bigger investments, and then you get into a smaller room. Uh, with bigger impact. So bigger investment, smaller room, bigger impact, bigger investment, smaller room. Big. So I just keep making bigger investments to be in smaller room with bigger impact. Okay. So that's a, that's a good formula. But in, you know, these two groups, one is strategic coach, which I'm very confident top entrepreneurial group in the world. And the other one's abundance 360. Um, uh, that's Peter Diamandis's at the level I'm at. Again, I don't care about revenue at all. Most people do. At the level I'm at, uh, 99% of the folks are running $10 million to $10 billion companies. If I'm not in a room like that, I get bored. I get bored. Mm. Okay, so um, so I like to be in a room like that. Okay, so anyway, in those two groups, I learned, I learned how to simplify my unique ability, what I'm good at and what I like to do, and my purpose in life. I learned to continually simplify uh, what it is I'm really good at and what I like to do and what actually brings me joy. And just being in those rooms, because when you're around people like that, you become someone like that. And all of those people, for the most part, they're living their purpose in life. Almost all of them. So it goes back to that, you surrounding yourself with people who are modeling the way there to that are living their purpose. And, it, you know, it's enabling, right? And that's why I love these conversations, because we're talking 100%. about this. And that's it, before the show, we were talking about like the biggest feedback I get on the podcast is the enablement of people that are just sitting there going, well, I'm not that guy. I'm not successful. Well, Cause I, they're I, surrounded. I, they're surrounded yeah. by, uh, they don't. So people like us, people like us are aliens within their, usually not always, usually aliens within their own family, community and vertical. Nobody understands us except top performing entrepreneurs on the planet. So again, nobody understood what I was certainly in the $200 a year group. Nobody understood what I was talking about. Yeah. But I just kept making bigger and bigger. I learned from that. That's not a failure. That's learning. And then just make bigger investments. And then I finally found people that understood what I was talking about. And they just yeah. happened to be in these these groups. But I just kept making bigger. And then again, global. You just have to find people like you. And then they find you and then introduce you to more people like you. Yeah, 100%. What a, you know, what's a major challenge you've had to overcome in these last 5, 10 years? <laughs> so the best <laughs> yeah entrepreneur life right okay so um i always laugh at that question because people think this is sunshine and rainbows okay so so the worst like the entrepreneur day- life some sunshine and rainbows <laughs> yeah, yeah right well people think that it's hilarious oh yeah because they see the success or whatever you know you sold you know help eight figure companies sell that they don't see what it <laughs> so anyway uh worst worst day of my journalism career also was the best day when I had my job salary cut in half. So that's the worst day. That's not even the top 50 worst days of being an entrepreneur. I've only been an entrepreneur for five years. That's not even the top 50. So this is what separates people like us, the 0.1% from business owners, from humans, because we're not really human. Kind, <laughs> I mean, we marry humans. Usually my wife's a human. But um, this is what separates. I wrote an article for Inc. Magazine about this. Um, 
you can, I can send it to you if you want to put it in the show notes if you want. But so there's four things because um, my, most of my day is talking to people like you and then I hear it, the same pattern, and then I see it. Okay, I, then I'll activate it. Um, so here are the four things that separate entrepreneurs like us from everyone else on the planet. I have not met one of one person like us that has not overcome at least one of the following four things. Most are two or three. Uh, I talk to a lot of all fours. Um, I'm going to guess you're three out of the four, but if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. But I'm guessing you're three out of the four. Okay, so the four things are bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, the highest level of anxiety you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So... So slow it down and run it back for me. I'm yeah, trying to write now, it down. Bankruptcy, yeah, oh, yeah, depression. Right. So bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, the highest level of anxiety you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So actually, every time now, uh, you know, I talk to someone like you, they're like, check, check, eh, check, or they're check, 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 check. <laughs> and so what separates people like us from everyone else is people like us, okay, figure it out. We'll execute and figure it out. Most people use those as excuses their whole life. Yeah. No excuses at the highest level, only investment figure it out. So for you, the, the, the challenge you've had all four or, or what do you, what, three. What's the I've had three. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I, I like to give the, I'm flying the plane. So, so it's hard for me to land the plane sometimes, but so thank <laughs> you for making me land the plane. Okay. So, um, so at the end of 2018, I'd made more money in one year than I'd ever thought possible because journalists you don't make a lot of money. And, and uh, I'd never been more miserable in my life ever. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. One plus one doesn't, doesn't equal two, right? More money doesn't equal more happiness. In fact, most money leads to most unhappiness. So I'm like, oh, that, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to learn from that and do something about it. So I leaned on my wife heavily, leaned on my mentors, started seeing a therapist. Um, and I think the most valuable thing I learned is one of my mentors. Um, he's like, you know, Justin, uh, um, uh, you know, I haven't met one entrepreneur like you that hasn't gone through something like this. So you'll go through something like this again. But what you need to understand is you need to learn from this and realize it's going to happen again and be like, ah, it's entrepreneur life. That's entrepreneur life. So I just didn't understand what entrepreneur life was because it wasn't uh, first company wasn't even two years old yet. And now I learned what entrepreneur life actually is and that, oh, something like that will happen again. And okay, it's entrepreneur life. Figure it out. It, what, what was the cause? So, you know, you were yep. end of 18. What was the cause of your oh, lack of Yeah, so that's great. And I write about this in detail in my book because, again, people think this is sunshine and rainbows. They don't understand. They don't understand. So people like us understand. That's why, you know, that's why I partner with people like you because you understand. But, but, um, so I didn't understand how the business cycle worked yet. Meaning like you could be going, you know, you could be making 50, 60 K a month, if not more. And then you looked at the next month, you're like, where's the next, where's the next person coming from? Where's the next, I, I didn't, cause you get, you get a paycheck every, every two weeks for 20 years, that becomes a habit. So I hadn't gotten used to. I hadn't gotten used to how th- how this works. The results economy worked yet, sure. And it was like it was debilitating. It was debilitating because instead of focusing on all of this, um, 
all these great things. My wife and I had just been on the Today Show. We became international dating experts. I don't know how that happened. That was interesting. <laughs> and, you know, I see my family making all this money, um, you know, and I just couldn't like I couldn't I couldn't focus on any of that because I was in a full like state of like panic about where next check would come from. And I didn't understand that yet. And do you think, what have you learned since then with regard to that? Was that just, you weren't, you know, if I'll echo it back and you kind of refine it here, right? So you were used to the habit and the routine we'll say of income, the, the routine income every two weeks. Yeah, time now, economy. Time economy yeah. yeah. Now you were, um, <clears throat> there's some volatility in your income, let's say. That's funny. There's a lot of volatility in your income, let's say, as an entrepreneur. What um so how did you have to change your mindset? You know, what did you start doing differently to kind of overcome that? Well, talking about how I felt, I mean, actually, and then and then understanding, understanding that again, it providing value to right people, value comes back. Providing value. I just didn't understand that yet. Um, I, I, you know, there's a, there's a cycle again, I simplify into patterns. So when you start a business, uh, you get to get, so I reached out to 5,000 people, uh, to get my first five clients. So if you want to get to get one out of a thousand people say, yes, go for that. Your if you want to do the click, whatever, whatever that thing was, you talked about the click, uh, click campaigns. <laughs> oh oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go click for ads. it. Yeah. <laughs> get to get, go for it. Enjoy that. Okay. Then you, um, then you get to give, so you're mostly, you're giving a little bit, but you're getting mostly. Okay. Um, so at that point I was still at that, I think I was still at that stage. Um, and I was transitioning to give to get where I'm mostly giving to get a little. So I hadn't gotten as much as it, it, as, as I needed. Like I still didn't understand that aspect. Okay. So then, uh, so you give to get, you're mostly giving to get a little. Then you get to the point where I'm at, where you give to give, but only to the people who get it. Because if you give to the wrong person, you damage the, you damage the people who get it. Because those those are the people that want to be your next financial advisor. Mm -hmm. So, so I was still transitioning from get to give to give to get. I didn't understand that yet, um, and it was very, I mean, very painful. But again, I mean, man's search for meaning. Certainly not going through the Holocaust, but God, by no means of that or getting in an airplane without a parachute or raising three, you know, four kids with, without a husband like my mom did, but it was incredibly painful. And, um, I'm glad I went through it though, because I understand now how it works. And then I learned from it. Oh, okay. Figure it out. Yeah. We've got our own, I'll say hells, right. That come at yeah. different times and, and, and it's all from different perspectives, right. You know, and it's, uh, that's definitely the, the case for sure. Yeah. So uh, how, how else do you keep, you mentioned running, how else do you keep the energy up to maintain all this stuff you're doing? <laughs> I have two sons who are nine and seven. <laughs> yeah. So here's another interesting thing. And I'm, I'm like being silly about that, but I'm being serious. So like I have found, I, again, I simplify into everything. So I have found people like me, Again, my dad was 61 when I was born, so I have this old wisdom. Like, I'm an old, you know, old soul. I should be, like, late 70s, early 80s. I mean, my dad was born in 1916, so I should have been, like, born in 1940. Or, okay, so, and then I'm 44, soon to be 45, so I guess that age body, if that's middle age or whatever that is, I don't even know what that is anymore. But here's the rub on that. 
I have a childish mindset. Like I have a, the mindset of a five-year-old. Maybe f- I think that's actually regressing in terms of my maturity. Um, and my wife, my wife thinks it's funny slash horrifying, but like she talks <laughs> like about- how, how so? What are we saying? What you got a mindset of a five-year-old? Like, well, how, I'm like how, a child. I mean, no, I'm like a child. So like um, you ask how I stay like, you know, you know, exuberant stuff. So like, sure. um, you know, my wife says she has three children, our two sons and then and me, cause I'm like a child. So I run around with our kids. We do like, you know, crazy borderline dangerous things. <laughs> and, uh, like it's cold now, but like, um, you know, parents drop their kids off at the school, you know, when it's nicer out and they, you know, they stand there and talk to other parents. I'm just running around with my kids like a child. And I have found people like me are like, kids they're like children they have this youthful mindset um they have this youthful mindset and uh age is meaningless with that it's totally meaningless and again by hanging out in these in these groups with all these very high achievers i mean really really high achiever mostly geniuses they're all like little kids they have this incredible childish mentality about things yeah, that's awesome. The uh, what about you know you know when are you productive? You know when when are you putting out your mm-hmm. most work? Is it are you a morning guy? After it's all later in the day type of guy or what? Yeah, so I was I was um, listening again, listening to you and Jay talking about you know morning is the but you know I think he was talking about after his coffee and <clears throat> and reading the ten minutes. I think he was reading ten minutes a day. Um, you know, uh, I I think. I mean, I'm an activate, maximize, achieve. So I'm always like, I mean, I don't know from the outside, people say I have a lot of energy. I don't, I don't necessarily see that because I'm in my own thing all the time, but people on the outside are like, where do you get all this energy from? So it's, it's 24 seven, but I will say the most, the most is in the morning. Um, and, and really how I develop the ideas that other people give to me and then the very few good ideas that I do have is during those morning runs, during the morning runs for sure. Is that, that's kind of like your meditation time-ish or your... So that's a great question because people ask me all the time if I meditate and I don't, but I consider running meditation. That's what I can, that's what I, because like it's outside, I treadmills are, oh God, I mean, if people like them, that's fine. But like I need to be outside and like get the the air and look at the surroundings and again listen to content like this. I'll listen to this interview again, uh, if not more than one time during one of my runs, because I I always gain value from listening uh, to what people like you say um, in, in the follow up. And then and that's where that's where everything is finalized for me or hatched during during that morning that morning right. run. That's an essential. I mean, I've done that way, but I've done that for 20 years, um, a long, a long time. And again, it's all patterns and habits. Now, how do you, you know, if you, you, you see these ideas, like how do you prioritize and manage that? Right. You know, cause you know, I, I, I use the analogy. Sometimes I'm like a dog chasing cars. I got all these ideas and I'm like, yeah, there's another one. There's another one. You know, right. one of my clients calls it squirrels. Like dog, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. So like, this what? is a great question because most of the people I talk to are futuristic ideators like you who are idea, 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 idea all over the place. So whether that's ADD diagnosed or undiagnosed, and ADD is not a disorder, by the way, that's a, it's a sign of genius. Um, and people like that, people like you are very grateful for people like me 
because I hear blah, 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 and then immediately simplify into something that actually matters. And then here's the answer. Here's the intro. And, and again, I have very few good ideas. And that's actually a strength. I was doing a, a, a really great podcast with the, he was just named Entrepreneur of the Year in Columbus, Ohio. His name's Brett Kaufman. He's in, he's in strategic coach with, with me as well. And he's like, oh man, you're, you're so low on ideation. That's actually a strength. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because if I, if it's a good idea, I know it. I, I mean, I just know it. So that it's the opposite of someone like you who, who I'm endlessly grateful for, because you're the ones that will actually create the ideas that I can activate, maximize, achieve. You're the one who's going to create the, the behemoth company that will actually change the world. And then my brain can simplify and activate that message or simplify, activate that intro for other people like you. It's just perfect what? collaboration. Have you, um, are you familiar with traction? It's pretty Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you, are you, yeah, Gino endorsed, I mean, Gino Wickman endorsed my book. So yeah. I mean, oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. They, so with regard to that. Also, yeah, he's in strategic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love traction. I was really th- grateful to have come across that and implemented. I implemented it in, in my companies, but with regard to the concept of the visionary integrator, like I'm, 100%. as you say that, that's what I'm hearing you say. Well, the visionary again, and the integrator mindset. So here's again, Talking ideas are meaningless without execution. So what do I mean with that? I'm a visionary who can integrate, which is very rare. That's most, you're a visionary. You need an integrator. Okay. You're, you're a true visionary. I'm a visionary who can integrate because I actually have high follow through and I'm low in ideation. So I, I just do, if it's a good idea, I do it. Okay. My partner for my new company, his name's Mark Fujiwara. He is a visionary integrator. He's an integrator who has a vision, and I cannot tell you how rare that is. So he is full backstage, but he has a massive vision for that backstage. It's incredible. And so like with my new company, I'm really great at talking about it. I'm good at that. And I'm good at like just make the make it work so a monkey can use it because I'm not an integrator. I just can't. But he's an integrator who can make it work so, uh, so it, a monkey can use it. And then he has a vision to blow it up to because he's his strength finders are competition one maximizer two so he's going to win big at the highest level and then his third is empathy he's three in empathy which for people like us that is incredibly rare i'm dead last in empathy on my strength finders so i found people like him that are teaching me how to be empathetic my wife's a pediatrician she'd be one she'd probably be one in empathy but that's my whole point visionary integrator integrator visionary but that's how i adapted it for my you know specific life yeah, yeah, no, that's what I was hearing. So that, that's awesome. Isn't it? The yep. um, so with, with through all this, like, who do you think you know was it? Yeah, and I believe I know the answer, but you know, who do you think was the most influential person in your life? Well, what do you think the answer is? <laughs> I think your father. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, because yeah. not only because of because of, again, you know, I think most most sons look up to their dads. I think most, you know. But my father, that's a different case. I mean, that's a different, that's a different situation. I mean, war hero shot down, you know, I mean, became uh, the president of an insurance company. Um, He came from nothing. He came from, he and his three brothers all served actively in World War II and Korea, I think all four of them did. And so when you grow up with someone like that, you know, at least until junior high, you know, it's great then, but now I'm really appreciating it even more. Um, because like I, you know, I believe in a higher power and I just 
do. I mean, I think that's important as an entrepreneur to have transformational belief in the higher power. And it's like, what it comes down to is, you know, um, I think with you and Jay, you talked about goals and like finishing the race. And for me, there's never finishing the race. It's always striving and striving for more because there are cooler and cooler things out there. But that's fundamentally because I'm not going to F it up for my dad and my mom and my mom too, but mostly my dad because he went through all this and I'm just not going to mess it up for him. I'm just not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it's really powerful to have that. And absolutely, you know, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's well, it's purpose. Uh, it's purpose on top of purpose. Yeah, it's meaning. It's it's just. But see, like I'm guessing you feel the same way, and you've said it a couple of times. But that's why these conversations are so important because all of my learning, all of my learning, and almost all of my ideas come from conversations like this. And then I'll do something about it, and so will you. You'll actually do something about it. Right. Yeah, no, and I love that. I love that you're you've just got this foundation from your mm-hmm. father's journey. I'll say, not alone his yeah. example, but like his yeah. his journey. You've got this foundation, and you you've got that. You know, he didn't come this far for you know to only come this far. You know, through you, you'll take it. You know where to where where you're taking. Oh it. my God! Well, here's the fascinating thing about that. So, my second favorite book after Man's Search for Meaning which is number one. The second one is Mastery by Robert Greene. Hmm. So, um, uh, okay, so to simplify it as much as possible, uh, because that's what my brain does, is like all these masters, so if they they weren't alive, he did anecdotal things. Um, If they were alive, he interviewed them. So how did, you know, know, Rembrandt or, you know, Ben Franklin, how did they become masters? Okay, so... So all these masters who were no longer alive, it's, it was a simple formula that from I saw, from I saw reading that book is that their fathers, because only the dads worked at the time, their fathers were exceptionally high performing entrepreneurs hmm. and, and without exception, again, only the men at the time worked, their sons learned that knowledge and then without exception, rebelled, rebelled. Yeah. Okay, so that's certainly me with my, I mean, that it's, you know, I've learned from that. I'm still learning. And then I'm rebelling. Rebellion's not bad. It's good. I'm rebelling in my own way. Okay, so then the best part of being an entrepreneur is that my kids get to see this, that this life's possible so they can learn this. And I cannot wait until they rebel. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting when they do that. Whatever they want to do is fine with me. Um, that's it. But I'm excited for that rebellion. Unlike most parents who don't want their kids to rebel, I can't wait for it. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's a conversation I've had. My kids are still young. The oldest is 12. And, right. But I've had that conversation, right? I didn't, we didn't come this far to only come this far. Like, you know, Ooh, I grew right. up on my grandmother's attic and we're here now so that yep. you, how far can you take this thing? How far can you keep growing? Um, you know, it's, it's not right. So you're just an entrepreneur. I mean, that's that. So you, we started this interview with, you know, this business owner stuff, but you're just an entrepreneur. And that's the best part of being an entrepreneur is you get to you get to teach your kids this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what, what's the, the, is the major project for you right now? Is it the new book? Is that what you're excited about that you're working on? Yeah. So I've had five good ideas. I I was thinking about this during my run today, listening to your podcast, because I can listen and then think about, I don't know, I can multitask like that. So I've only had five good ideas in five years of being an entrepreneur. One was first company. Two was first book. 
Three was going on a date every every week, at least once a week with my wife. That's how we got on the Today Show. Uh, four was second company and five is next book. And so I'm focused on uh, first company, which is endlessly fun, incredibly profitable, very successful. I'm focused on second company, which will be a thousand X of what first company is and focused on writing a second book as second company starts to take off. That is it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And to round it out, if you had to explain to someone what makes you successful that you are mentoring, what would you say? Uh, I put my family first. That's it. I love it. I love it. So how can people connect with you? You know, I'll, um, uh, I can send you this. There's a, my company's website is brepicllc.com, uh, B-R-E-P-I-C-L-L-C.com. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is because there's a, um, there's a mindset scorecard survey in there that people love taking. Mm. And it takes five minutes. People love it. They love it. And it's fascinating because people qualify or disqualify themselves with their own mindset. Um, and then the ones that actually disqualify themselves, they actually think about why they disqualified themselves. And sometimes they actually change their mindset based on that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Justin, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. I know you've got a little tight schedule today, but uh, man, it's been a great conversation. I really honor your story and your example that you're setting and especially putting the family first. I think that's, like I said, it's powerful stuff that, you know, people need to hear, you know, you can, you can still have success. I think people are afraid to do that and they're afraid that they're going to lose out on success and it's quite the opposite. So I, I really honor you for coming on and, and sharing that today. Well, you're a great guy, uh, great entrepreneur, great dad, and, uh, probably should have said great dad first. Because what you're teaching your kids, uh, it's not only teaching them, but it's teaching your grandkids, your great grandkids, your great great, and uh, that's very exciting because people like you change the world, and uh, that allows the world to be changed and everyone else to benefit from it. So thank you for this great interview. Yeah, I appreciate. It. Well, it's been an honor you having you on and sharing your story and experience, and it, it's it, it'll serve those who need to hear it, man. So I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Uh-huh.